Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast, a little mailbag, little weekend mailbag, a little Sunday mailbag, at John Middlecoff, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram, the way you get on this show, you fire into those direct messages, and you ask any question, and uh, I will answer it, or try to, you know, some people I miss, Uh, this isn't a uh, foolproof Nick Saban level detail program here. Uh, I just fire through the DMs and hopefully stumble upon your DM and read it here on the show. But before we dive into any mailbag, I just want to say that game that I just watched, it's about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, no big deal, working on the weekend, uh, was remarkable. And the SEC has had a motto. I was watching with my girlfriend, and she's watching everyone storm the field. They're carrying the posts, and I'm like, they're going to carry these posts downtown. I, I obviously have been to Nashville. I've never been to Knoxville, though my cousin Mark moved right by it, and he said it's it's awesome. I was texting with a buddy in the NFL. He said their facilities are badass. Campus is sweet. Listen, Knoxville and the SEC in general, their motto is it just means more. And sometimes mottos and things companies use or sports leagues use or conferences use can be cheesy, can be kind of stupid, and let's face it, don't really work. I don't think any tagline, headline, motto has ever meant, resonated, and fit better than it just means more. It's not even debatable. And listen, I like, I'm a Jim Harbaugh fan. I, I root for Michigan, and clearly the Big Ten is the second best conference in terms of financially important viewership, the whole thing, right? But like, I don't. I listen. I I have a lot of respect for Ohio State. I can't. I don't. They kind of bore me, you know. Michigan, Ohio, Michigan, Penn State was cool. Michigan, Ohio State's cool. But I I don't really watch Ohio State, Iowa. I, I don't get that into Wisconsin, 
you know, Penn State. Just doesn't do it for me. Maybe it's a bias against the Northeast elites. I don't know. I'm not disputing their college football brands and how important it is to the people that go to school there. But for me, as someone that just grew up in the West Coast who loved the Pac-12, like, I'm just drawn to what really matters. And the SEC, it just means more to those people. And when you really care about something and then your product is really good, I care about it. And obviously, the influence Saban has had over the years on that conference, I was thinking while the game was going on, like, it's not that shocking why kids from the West Coast that have the talent to go to school, Bryce Young, uh, hell, DJ Ungulay went to Clemson, but they're basically an SEC program. And kids over the years have left the West Coast to go to the South because football's really important. Do you watch how seriously the Phillies fans are taking their run they're on right now? They're now in the NLCS after beating the Braves today. You know why? It's fun to play for the Phillies when they're good. Why? It means a lot to the fans. And do you know where you want to play when you're an athlete? Where people really give a shit. If you're going to get paid $15, $20 million a year to play pro sports, you would rather play for the Phillies than the Tampa Bay Rays. You would rather play for the Green Bay Packers than the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? This isn't that complicated. You want to be where people care. And there is not an area in the country where people care more. Now, you can argue in Michigan, Ohio State, I I will grant you that. They care a lot too. But there is not a place where people care more than the South. And the SEC programs, the difference in the Northeast, ultimately you're competing against the NFL. It's why on the West Coast, pro sports dwarf college sports, right? We have multiple Power Five programs in the Bay Area. Stanford, they suck now, but for a long time, was a perennial top five program last year under Harbaugh and then over David Shaw. No one cares. Why? They care about the 49ers. You can be, oh, you, UCLA is 6-0. and Chip Kelly can't get 40,000 people to the Rose Bowl. And people are like, oh, middle cut, the Rose Bowl, and so on. They were averaging like 70,000 people a decade ago. They have the NFL now. You'd be like, no one cares about the Rams. Bullshit. So if ice packed. So it just, that was awesome. You know, obviously it was an enormous win for the Vols. If you're my age, you grew up Philip Fulmer. Philip Fulmer, they were sweet with Peyton Manning and then won it with T. Martin. That, that, the SEC pops on TV. Their good games are just better than the other good games. Like Oklahoma State, TCU, went to double overtime. Sonny Dykes beat Mike Gundy. Awesome game. Didn't hold a fucking candle to Tennessee, Alabama. Not, it wasn't even close. The gap, the side of the Grand Canyon compared to the two games. That was, uh, really enjoyed that. Okay, let's answer some questions. Christopher, why aren't people talking about Stefanski being on the hot seat? I watch the games and I'm constantly scratching my head to the play calling. We run the ball most, but never in the right situations. I see an end around in a Joku every game and he's the slowest tight end in the league. Not true, he's actually pretty fast. I hear what you're saying. Sometimes when Browns fans like, well, what's your take on the Browns? It's hard for me to truly have a take when they're rolling out Jacoby Brissett. Like, when you're playing 11 games with your backup quarterback, like, I I don't know what to totally tell you. He is a major liability. Now, if your argument is they should consistently run the ball more, I hear you. You have Nick Chubb, who's probably the best running back in the league. You have a fantastic offensive line. Run the ball, play defense. So if that's your argument, okay. But you eventually have to throw a little bit. Now, the other problem with the Browns, like the elephant in the room, Deshaun Watson, more people suing him. 
Like I, I just, it's, and then I read a headline today, like more people are coming even after this latest. It's like, it's just kind of exhausting. You know, Jacoby Brissett is not going to be your quarterback for long. Deshaun's going to come back with more lawsuits. And I, it's hard for me to like judge your operation. Like I can just judge Brandon Staley. He has his players. No one's suspended. He's playing with Herbert. Like it's easy to judge. I can judge Brian Dable. He's playing with his team. You know, Stefanski's missing his starting quarterback. Now, I know he's never actually played a game, but like they got rid of Baker because of Deshaun Watson. They, they would not have planned on starting this year with Jacoby Brissett if they had a choice. So I, not that I'm giving him a pass, but I just, it, it's hard for me just to make a, uh, just a normal judgment on the operation. Two-parter. What's your opinion on Rodgers versus guys like Mahomes and Allen in terms of having some balls? It just seems like whenever the moment is the biggest, the young guys rise to the occasion. While Rodgers has proven over and over again, he can't handle the pressure, despite over a decade of extra experience. You know, I'd push back on that a little bit. I mean, we have seen Aaron Rodgers make some miraculous plays in his heyday. Now, if you wanted to go in his latter, older years... You know, he can be a little conservative with the ball. Like, he's not willing to take chances. That's always... I disagree. Colin is way harder on him than me. I mean, I think he's one of the most remarkable players I've ever seen. But one valid knock is like, bro, you got to take some chances. You know, sometimes you, you can just hold on to the middle of the tree and climb up a redwood. But the action's kind of on the branches. And sometimes he's afraid to go on the branches because what happens when you go out reaching for the fruit? Obviously, there's no fruit on a redwood, so I'm. Uh, but you know what I mean. Sometimes the branches break. I have no issues with quarterbacks throwing picks if they throw a ton of touchdowns. And Rodgers is just inclined to avoid mistakes right now. That's his game. Which, when he's on, he eviscerates you. But it's cost him in the playoffs now a couple times. I'm not going to make some overarching take on the Giants game because he drove him right down the field. He got the two balls knocked. Now, you can argue he's locking in on Cobb. You know, I, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, Devontae ain't walking through that door. But my only issue with him, like, bro, you're 37, 38 years old. You're getting paid $50 million. Take some fucking chances. No one's going to judge you whether you throw eight picks or 13 picks. You got to be willing to risk it more. I would say Mahomes' best characteristic, he's very risky. He, he just, he toes the line of risk. And he has no problem. Like, he he plays where I might fail. And sometimes it feels, to back up what you're saying, is Rodgers wants to avoid failure. And I don't think you can operate in life like that. Like, the action's in the fast lane. Now, you can be in the fast lane and inv- avoid wrecks. Like, are you less likely to get into a wreck in the slow lane? I would imagine statistically, probably. But it doesn't mean you won't get in a wreck in the slow lane. So I, I like my quarterbacks to be risk, just closer to the line of risk. And obviously, Brady historically avoids a lot of picks, but it feels like he's willing to kind of like, I, I don't know, be more aggressive in certain spots. Where Rodgers, these last couple years, I think his resume over his career speaks for itself, but these last couple years in the biggest spots, and we're only judging Rodgers now, like ultimately a Giants game, who gives a shit? It does not matter. Aaron Rodgers is judged in January. And the last couple of January, specifically last year, he just wasn't risky enough, in my opinion. I've heard you talk about getting into the football industry and wanted to ask uh, if you have any knowledge about coming from Canada or international to the States. What additional hurdles might someone face, especially as an outsider? 
I don't, you know, I don't think he would. You know, if you can get your foot in the door with an NFL, whatever, organization or whatever, I, I don't think anyone cares whether you're from Canada or whether where you're from, to be honest with you. I, I think most people, I mean, if you're around, if you loved, watch a bunch of CFL, if you just followed the NFL, I mean, I, I don't think it matters. But in terms of like passport stuff, I, I mean, I can't answer those questions, but just in terms of if you move to the States and you... You know, you live by an NFL organization. You somehow got your foot in the door. Are you going to get judged because you're Canadian? No. Big fan. I want to take my girl where you and Guy went for espresso martinis on tap in Danville. Can you remind me where that place is? No free ads here, but I'll tell you. Primo's. Primo's in Danville has espresso martinis on tap. Uh, pretty damn good. <laughs> I love a good espresso martini. Hey, John, shout out from Sydney, Australia. Love the work for the bag. The call on Jones roughing the passer was ludicrous. The players aren't out there to fuck spiders. Let them tackle each other. This is before the owners meeting. But do you think the NFL would benefit from an NRL, rugby league top tier, captain's challenge, rule modified to suit American football? Incidents not detected by the match officials can be challenged if there's no stoppage and players cannot deliberately force play to stop so they can call for a captain's challenge. They include offsides, restart infringements, stealing the ball, foul play, obstruction, midair tackle. Yeah, here's the thing. My take on this is the NFL was pressured. The media elites, obviously people suing them. I mean, for a long time, people were getting screwed in terms of financially. The CTE, the concussions, they lost a lawsuit. They overcorrected. They never want to get sued again. They want to get the media off their back. So now the pressure to the uh, officials, which we all hate, but is not going away, is to lean on the side of safety. So when you lean on the side of safety, you are going to make some egregious calls, right? That we're just going to be like, God, what, what are we doing? But that is what the whole thing is about moving forward. I don't think they're going to change. One area which I will agree with them, and think of where the stupid calls have come against. Tom Brady and Derek Carr the last week. The NFL, is their success is predicated on good starting quarterbacks. Now, Tom is a lot better than Derek, but let's say Derek's the 14th best quarterback. Like, we see bad starting quarterbacks. People do not want to watch crappy Baker Mayfield, right? People do not want to watch bad quarterbacks. So the good quarterbacks you have in the league, you have to keep safe. So, listen, our individual calls, should we all get pissed off at? Of course. I would get mad if I was a Falcons fan or I had money on the game. I get it. But I am no longer getting mad at these calls because I understand it's just part of the deal. And it's not going to go away. And referees are pretty inept. Them and politicians. Only job where you can be terrible and keep your gig. And somehow get like promoted. It doesn't make any sense. Those of us in the trenches of society, the private sector, we would go under. We would get fired. We would go bankrupt. Our businesses would would crumble. If we were as bad at our jobs as referees, officials, umpires as well. I'm not leaving them off. And politicians. (laughs) In the private sector, you got to produce. Or you go under or lose your job. Those jobs, somehow, I don't get it. Government officials and referees. They just got awful. Now, I'm not acting like either job is like super easy. 
Because it's hard, especially being a referee or an official, real-time speed athletes. But they just consistently miss calls non-stop. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code COLIN for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, John, months ago, my question is for you about Kyler Murray, AMD, his Call of Duty clause. Is this man not allowed any downtime? I have no idea how a typical week or how many hours these guys spend between training, practice, and games. But all I know is that after work, I'm allowed to do whatever I want in my typical 48 hours. Yeah, I know it's more of normal, but got to pay those bills. Weddings aren't cheap. Everyone rips on him for doing what he enjoys doing. And the NFL wants, I'm making yourself marketable with your brand. How many hours does he put into work? And how much do you expect outside of work 
because I know probably most everyone doesn't spend time researching how to operate their machine or better customer service skills on their own. So why does he? Well, here's the thing. If I pay you 80 grand to be whatever your job is, you are a sales guy, you, uh, you know, you're an operating, you're whatever you do, $80,000. My expectations aren't allowed to get mad when you go home and fuck around. If you work nine to five and the moment you tap out, you're gone. I can't get mad. Hell, if I pay you 150 grand, like, okay, I start paying you a lot of cash. Let's just start with the number 500 grand. Let's just start with that number and above. My expectations change. Why? Because of the money. When I pay you $45 million a year and the going rate in terms of the operational standard for the position is you work 90-hour weeks. At practice, you're the first guy in, last guy to leave. When you're at home, you're studying. Why? That's what all the best players at the position do. So if you want to be like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Mahomes, Josh Allen, and you're not willing to put in the time, now, I've said over and over, you never should have paid him. I think we all kind of agree. It was insane. But also, there's an old adage like, once you pay a guy, it doesn't change his habits. It doesn't make him a better player. It just makes him more of what he is. So, of course, Kyler hasn't really changed. But I think it is more than fair. Like, hey, man, do you know the reason they were mad from what I've heard in lead circles? The moment he leaves the building, he does nothing. It's not even just about call of duty. It's just you can't pay. Literally, they can't pay him to do anything the moment he leaves the building. Do you understand the time that Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, all these top young quarterbacks put in? Not just while they're at the facility, but at home, studying the game plan, studying the opponent, doing film work on their own. It sucks in terms of time. It's a lot. But some jobs... The reason they pay more is because they expect more. If I pay you 75 grand, like, I'm sorry, I can't expect you to do much outside of the job. When I pay you $45 million, like, could I get mad? Like, yeah, I got to record a podcast every Sunday night. Hell, I'm recording one on Saturday night. Like, yeah, I get the podcast. Making pretty good money doing this. So it's like, the part. there's a give and take with everything. You want to play in the NFL, you work six months a year. And even in the month of August, you're not game planning or anything. So you're just training. You really just do that crazy studying from the week one till whenever the season ends. That's it. Then you get the entire, the next eight months just to train on your craft. You don't have to put in crazy hours. Hell, if you're Kyler Murray, you don't have to show up to OTAs. So I think it is more than justified for them to say, can't you study in your off time? You, you're not a $100,000 employee. You're, a, you're the number one pick. You're the starting quarterback, and you're a $45 million player. Like, does Fox need to tell Colin, like, hey, man, need you to watch the NFL on Sunday? Do they, they have to do that? Like, he's not technically at work, <laughs> you know? Does Cliff Kingsbury have to go, hey, man, we're playing Seattle. Uh, here's the game plan. Any, any chance you can just kind of peek at some of the stuff when, you, when you're at home on Tuesday night and Wednesday night? Or is that not, is that not fair? Like, I, yeah, the union worker at PG&E, it's, it's hard for me to say like, hey man, I'm going to need you to do some extra stuff, no extra pay. Well, yeah, 
Yeah, does Kyler make extra studying film at night by himself? No. But is he paid a shitload of money for the expectation that he knows everything about the opponent every week? Yeah. And he clearly does not. I Someone DM'd me. I, I guess I said on... Uh, what podcast would it have been on Friday's podcast that Carson Wentz, the albatross contract. I looked, I was wrong. The, the, the football team commanders don't owe Carson Wentz anything at the end of this year. So I, now he's injured. I guess his fingers all messed up. This is, I think there's a decent chance when he gets cut, he's not even on a team next year. Yeah. I mean, he'll be, someone will take him. I'm sure. Aaron Rodgers often take things highly of physical, great route runners, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Lazard, uh, Kumaro. Why do you think players, why do you think he prefers those guys instead of the speed, raw guys like Christian Watson, MVS, or pushing for the team to go ahead and get Odell Beckham? I think Devontae was the perfect mix of talent and route running, but most guys fall into one category. Because I think, back to what we were talking about with Rodgers, he's, in a weird way, he's the greatest safe player of all time. So he wants to know exactly where you're going to be because he knows exactly where you're going to be. And this goes back to Kyler. Why? Roger studies. You know, It's like Roger spends time preparing. Right? You don't get that good without doing the maximum level of preparation. So when he knows against a certain defense, you're going to be a certain place, he's going to throw the ball. You know, he, he, He's not big on 50-50 balls. Right? Do you just run a go route? I'll throw a bomb to you. And then when he does it, guys, historically, MBS and then even the first game, Watson drops it. So he'd rather just have, you know, basically, they're not slow, but slow, reliable, get open on an out route, an in cut, a, you know, a slant route, whatever. Him know exactly where you're going to be, a curl route, and he'll put it right on your hands. Because the, the number one thing that he hangs his hat on is his ball placement is elite, right? Ball placement is elite. He's not trying to, if I used a golf analogy, he, like... He just wants to hit the fairway. You know, Bryson DeChambeau started hitting at 370 yards. Ball was going all over the place. But he's like, shit, I just want to be down there, right? Don't care if I'm in the rough, behind a tree, in the fairway. Roger's like, I'm hitting every single fairway. So if I'm going to hit fairways, I need to know what you're doing. I, I, I just think he's not very risky. This is a good question. <laughs> hey, John, love the pod. Been following you since you were doing call-in segments on 95.7 The Game. It's a long time ago, probably 2013. Left tackle seem to be the most important position and are compensated as such. My question is, what sort of attributes are needed for each offensive line position? Just intuitively, it seems like center would be the most difficult, but that's clearly not the case. Lastly, is there something that makes certain players thrive on the right side versus the left? Or can we safely say that the top 32 left tackles would become the top 32 right tackles if they change position. I think, you know, I played a little right guard, you know, in high school. But part of it is you've heard guys talk over the years, the hand placement, the foot are opposite. So some guys are comfortable in a certain spot, like Lane Johnson. Does Lane Johnson have the talent to play left tackle? Hell yeah. But he got comfortable at right tackle. They never moved him. Howard Mudd always believed that everyone acted like, oh, this guy doesn't have the athleticism to play left tackle. Put him at right tackle. I vividly remember sitting there with a buddy uh, who's scout with the Eagles and him looking at us going, because we're like, oh, yeah, this guy's a bad athlete. Put him on the right side. Howard's like, what the fuck does that mean? And he spent a lot of time in Indy with those Peyton Manning teams. He's like, I got Dwight Freeney on one side, and I got Robert Mathis on the other side. 
And think about the league now. It's like Joey Bosa on one side, Khalil Mack on the other side. I got Nick Bosa on this side, and I got Drake Jackson on this side. I got whoever. I mean, Clowney and Miles Garrett. Like Most teams now have several rushers. And even Aaron Donald. Look, last week I was watching the Cowboy game. What do they do? And they, they do this over the Niners over the years when they've had backups in there. When you have a random tackle, whether it's the right tackle or the left tackle, or a young guy, a rookie, they will put Aaron Donald at defensive end. Aaron Donald got a sack last week going against the left tackle. Football is just a game of... Yeah, I remember Belichick saying this on that segment thing he did with Rich Eisen where they did the top 100 players. And I think he used like the uh, the art of war. He's like, you know, it's it's a very... it's We overcomplicate the sport. I want to take our strengths against your weaknesses and avoid our weaknesses for your strengths. And when we can find our strengths to your weaknesses and take advantage of it, we have a chance to win. So I... I don't think there's that much different in modern day. There just aren't that many guys with the athleticism to play tackle. Because part of it, you need the feet, you need the strength, and you need the size. So, you know, typical tackles, 6'4 to 6'6, long arms, 310 to 330 pounds, who could move? How many humans like that are on the planet? And you got to be tough. Guard and center, I can be smaller because you're in a more compact area. And typically, you got help. Tackles don't really have help. A little bit like a corner, if he doesn't have safety help, you're somewhat on an island. Where I can get by with guard and definitely center, where you always got guys on the on both sides of your shoulders. So it's just from a size standpoint, I can get by with Jason Kelsey, who's 6'2 and a half, 6'3", 300 pounds. Right? He could not play tackle because he's not big enough. He's just not long enough. But you can be much more compact inside. But you would still, depending on your scheme, like some schemes, more power, where I'm just using, you know, the essentially just trying to push you off a spot. And then the Shanahan scheme, which is more zone, which is more of a positional blocking scheme. But I'm running. You know, my feet are moving at higher rates of speed, so I need a better athlete. So I, I think the number one thing is, is size differences is why a guy ends up at guard or center and not a tackle. Would middle-of-the-road left tackle be one of the better right tackles? You know, it just depends. Some guys might, but some guys might not be comfortable, you know, alternating the feet and their hands. Now, maybe you could learn it over time, but some guys never were able to. Some guys can do both. It's why your backup swing tackle, the guy, when you build your 53-man roster, your number one backup for your offensive line is a backup swing tackle, mean a guy that can play left, and right tackle, and your backup swing guard who ideally can play center too. So he basically, you know, he's not as good as any of your starters, but so you have two guys. One guy can play left and right tackle. That guy's very valuable. And then ideally, you have another backup that could play center or left or right guard. Now, that guy is a downgrade at every position, or he'd be a starter, but he has the versatility, which keeps him on the roster. Would five Trent Williams be better be a better line of all pros at their prospective positions. I think Trent could, you know, assuming he would be comfortable playing on the right side, he would obviously dominate at both tackle spots. I think he could pretty seamlessly play guard. <laughs> so, yeah, he would be an all-pro guard. So if he could play right tackle, that means he could play right guard. So he would be elite at left guard, right guard, and right tackle. He'd be a pretty massive center. Uh, it'd be hard because he's long, you know, 
it'd be a little weird. That that, that might be kind of tough. But I think at the four positions, he dominated guard and he obviously would dominate a right tackle. Assuming he could, you know, put his opposite hand in the he would fucking dominate. Center would be a little weird. Uh, but it might work. I mean, who knows? But I, I would doubt it. But I, I don't know. He's he's a freak. So may, maybe not. <clears throat> okay, last question. I'm getting tired of these overtime games. Why not just give L and L, as in losses to both teams and move on? Clearly a tie, overtime shenanigans mean neither team is good enough to win. So just make them both lose. As an NFL fan, I'd be happy. And fans of divisional opponents of the losing team would be ecstatic. Above all, you could remove the annoying third column from the win-loss table. Peace. By the way, is Middlecoff Russian? It's German, I think. Uh, I would say I'm all for it. I mean, I if you told me that you wanted to say have no ties, the game ends in regulation and it's tied, you both get a loss. Or maybe even allow overtime, but if you're tied at the end of overtime, you both get a loss. I'm cool. I, I'm with you. I mean, what, what are we doing? What's a tie like? They say it's like kissing your sister. Uh, don't have a sister, but that would obviously be pretty gross. Unless you're from certain parts of the country that, you know, who knows? Maybe they're into that. I don't know. But yeah, I'm uh, I- I'm with you. Uh, I- I'm all for it. it. Ties are very, very dumb. This isn't, you know, Little League or Pee Wee football. This is the National Football League. So just, you, you can't tie in college football. You play until someone wins. I'd rather do that. Play until someone wins or both get losses. Like the idea. Adios. <laughs>